I guess if you want to call that a debate, this is Corey and this is the event the podcast. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. This is Rob. Welcome to episode 378. Nope, that's not right. Uh, we're somewhere there. Uh, of the other, maybe it is 378. 338. I 338? No, it's got to be more than that. <laughs> of the other, the podcast coming to you from all over Los Angeles because, uh, yeah, COVID. we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice, Oh, the Anthem, all the usual places. Uh, so, yes, we delayed the recording of this podcast so that we could talk about the debate right after it happened because we knew uh, that it would not <laughs> be it would not it would, it would suddenly become everything people were talking about. And boy, were we correct on that. Um, I mean, we also did it because we wanted to have this amazing audio that we have going <laughs> today. So there's also that this is an incredible setup. Yeah. Um, Do you not want to address the elephant in the two rooms there? Corey? <laughs> why? Why are we doing the remote? Uh, basically there is, there has been some, uh, some disagreements on, uh, who should be, uh, who is acceptable and, and to be hanging out with during COVID eras. And, uh, I the don't pandemic know. isn't over just because you're over it. <laughs> Anyhow. The pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. This is a really good singing mic. I got, oh, wait. Yeah, I do sing songs in this. Yeah, uh, so uh, we may be remote for the next few weeks as uh, people decide that uh, they don't give a shit about everybody's health. But anyway, moving on to the topic of the week, it's the debate. Yes, indeed. So uh, I'll keep you out of trouble. Go ahead, Corey. <laughs> this is you keeping me out of trouble? This is <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Donald Trump and Joe Biden met for their first debate tonight. And honest to God... Most of my reaction to this was like Trump was like Facebook come to life and Joe Biden was me like getting into the comment section and then quickly realizing that no matter what I say, there's going to be some sort of ridiculous story as to why I'm wrong that I've never heard of, even though I'm very well connected to the news. Trump was just Facebook id like out in the open tonight. All id. Just yeah. all id. It. Uh. Yeah, and I said it in the uh, in the the drop there for those of you who are hanging out. But uh, it basic if I want to see two old guys argue, I'll just go home for Thanksgiving. Like there there was very little about that that was truly a debate uh, because Trump would make a point, Biden would just come back at it and say, "Here's why you're wrong about it," and then Trump would be like, "Yeah, that's why your son's a sucker." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay." That's well, not only way of doing not this. only that, but there's no there's no realistic way to imagine that Chris Wallace was going to have any kind of say as to how this debate was going to happen because Trump just steamrolled everybody the entire time. Uh, you know, just throwing out lines to appease people who are already going to be voting for him. Uh, I, I, I'm just completely, uh, I, I don't even know what to say about that. That was, that was one of the, I've, I've watched pretty much every single debate since I was aware of them. And this one was, it makes me disappointed as like an American. Like I, I feel like mm -hmm. these two people can't even have a rational discourse without screaming at each other. And I mean, Joe held it in for the most part. He he got, <laughs> he uh he he threw in a couple things that I don't think he was planning on saying. Like you know the you're the worst president in American history. <laughs> like that wasn't probably something he was just like I can't wait to throw out this great line. But no, like, it just came out. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like I remember uh, uh somebody in Trump debate team was saying uh 
well, we don't really practice because what the president does is like jazz. Like he just <laughs> he, he just figures it out when he's out there. And you can tell that Joe Biden spent a lot of time like going over the numbers and stuff like that. But there's no real defense for what Trump was doing. And your hope is that yeah. people who are undecided, I don't know who could possibly be undecided at this moment, but for the people who are undecided, they look at this and say, uh, the president is unhinged. Like he, <laughs> he just can't even like, he can't even follow like proper decorum. And you know, like I, I think uh, Wallace was overwhelmingly fair to Trump throughout the course of this whole thing. And Trump was taking every opportunity to pick on him. And like, it's just cause he yeah. never gets real questions. He never has to like, sit down with a reporter and you know like the reporter has to worry about trump walking out if they ask a question too too tough you know like so what's in it for them that was the kind of the uh the lead up if anyone paid any attention to what happened before um the the debate the news reporting before the debate everyone was saying that like first term presidents do really poorly uh, in the debates leading into their second term because they spent four years basically being able to be like nope and just, I'm going to walk out if I don't like it. Or uh, I don't feel like talking to the press today. Can you go out and uh, talk to them? Caitlin McLehenny or whatever her name is. Um, and I mean, Obama did that. And, and uh, I was taken aback to Obama's uh, 2012 first debate where I remember watching that and being like, man, this dude is going to beat him. How did this happen? Where did we come from that? that uh, uh, shoot, what is his name? Um, Romney. Romney, that Romney is going to outperform profile and courage, Mitt Romney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How he's gonna he's gonna outperform the uh, the great debater Obama, but then like he came out of the second debate and nailed it. The problem is, I don't know that Trump has that kind of recovery. He's gonna watch this and get so angry that it's gonna just the id part of it is just gonna be exasperated for the next one. It's gonna be like, all right, you know what? I got away from my game plan. I just have to shout over him every time he tries to talk. That's the game plan. Let's go for it. I'm just really worried that uh, he is like he's going to get the the blanket support of all the people who like him because yeah he said enough raw meat to drive all these people crazy but like the you know repeatedly over and over again Biden was was going you don't have a plan you don't have a plan and to any reasonable person who is watching this it's clear that he doesn't have a plan he's literally just making it up as he goes along. And, like, anytime he doesn't like something, even though it's, like, discernibly true, he's just like, no, that didn't happen. You know? Oh, like, yeah. Like, uh, and the problem is that, like, uh, he said, you know, they treat the, the press treats you really well. They treat me really badly. It's like, you kind of get the press you deserve. Like, you know, whenever Biden does something stupid, it's covered. Like, it's it's very well covered. He, he has managed to limit the number of gaffes that he's made. As the as the campaign has gone along, so by the way, has he ever looked older than he looked tonight? Just, uh, I, I man. think I think the "what the fuck are you talking about" face looks particularly old on old people. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of the because all I can think about is like, uh, uh, it's like when you're when you're talking to to somebody with Alzheimer's, and I'm not trying to make fun of Alzheimer's or anything no, like that, but, but sometimes there's like this vacant face. that vacant stare of just like, what are you? What is somebody saying to me? Like there yeah. was kind of a a face like that that was being made, but I'm not I'm not saying he has Alzheimer's. I'm saying it's just like the face, the same face you make when it's like, what the fuck did somebody just say out loud? Like this is ridiculous. Uh, here's, here's a better example. Uh, whenever I talk to my dad about why I'm a communist, he gives me that like, 
how are you even how is this an argument i i went to korea to fight communists what's wrong with you boy <laughs> it's the same face it's the old white man i cannot even comprehend what you're saying mm. just in this case it's a lot like an Alexa and a Google Home battling it out because it's just two old white guys who don't understand each other. Uh, and one of them is just certifiably saying whatever comes into his head. And I do not understand that. Like, if you do any debate prep, it's just got to be like, all right, Mr. President, we just, what I want you to do is to learn that whatever your first impulse is, just kill that. And then give it a second and then go with whatever your second impulse is. Because I was, Today, I was talking with some people at work about the debate, and I was like, there's like a 0% chance it's going to be as gifable as the first debate or as the debates from 2016. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. 100% just as gifable with yeah. the like. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the faces, all the mannerisms. <laughs> and and this time, though, directed also at the moderator. That's the worst part. It's like yeah. even in 2016, we got it at like <clears throat> crooked Hillary over here. But the moderator asked you whether or not you think human beings are increasing climate change. And then you give an answer and he says, that's not an answer to the question I asked you. Do you think that humans are increasing climate change? And you're like, I mean, like, how are you giving the guy answer? Asking you questions that face. That's not a. I mean, the problem, uh, too, is that Trump, like, you know, like when he's answering the question about climate change, this is uh, th this is uh, believe me, we're not going to get to literally everything they said, because there is just yeah. it would take an eight part documentary series to break down everything that just happened here. But like, it's amazing to me that I'm watching him talk about like climate change. And then he's just like, yeah, I guess a part of it's just, you know, like fossil fuels and stuff like that. Like, he's like, eh, you know, a small smidge of it. It's just like, well, why aren't you doing something? <laughs> like, you're well, admitting so, to part of the problem is you don't want to like uh, acknowledge the setup. So like, there's yes. a lot of times where Chris Wallace would say something like, uh, "Don't you think you have a responsibility to call the mayor of Portland and the uh, you know the uh, governor of Oregon and say that they need to call in the national guard to take care of the protests?" And he's just like, he doesn't bite into the like, "Well, I didn't do it because of this." He says, "I'm not in office. I don't have a responsibility to do this." Oh. Biden, Biden yeah. didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And I was going to say, he asked Trump the same question. And I, the the best, by the way, uh, he may end up picking up some women's votes from this comment. But uh, the, ha, sir, haven't, why haven't you reached out to send a National Guard? And Trump answering with uh, paraphrasing, they wouldn't take it even if I had called. And I'm like, that is, oh, that's a, that's a real like girl, wife, girlfriend response. Like. <laughs> I would have asked you, but I knew that you would not even want me to. So I didn't even ask. So, you he's, know, he's so petulant. Like <sighs> the thing was, I, I was, I was really concerned that Joe at some point would just lose it in the sense of just being like, you know, like shut Jump up across the stage, <laughs> shut up, you damn baby. Or like, <laughs> like he, he had a remarkable amount of control to keep from like losing it. But you know what? Honestly, I, I it's hard to even say how good joe biden or chris wallace even did in this debate because trump just steamrolled everybody so it was yeah. whether or not like I, I don't feel like i got like as much of biden as i would have wanted to in this thing and i got way more trump than i wanted to like well i think though that that bodes well for if there are undecideds if there are centrists honestly if there are any real republicans left i don't know listen i'm not I try to put him in this camp 
I don't know how your dad watches that and then defends this and says, if anything, he says, I'm going to stay home. But yeah. how can he say, I'm going to go vote for that guy? I mean, you know, and, and all the... <laughs> All the times where he he just like if it, so we got the direct question about the taxes today and yeah. he's just like yeah. eh, <laughs> I paid millions <laughs> like, I paid millions in taxes it's like well release your tax returns it's like no I'm I'm under investigation still and like you know according to the New York Times article he's still under investigation because he uh had, took or basically got a refund on the most taxes he ever paid in his life and now yep. the federal government is examining whether or not. He was right to do that. <laughs> like, uh, so. And by the way, and the he bought into still... the premise of that question when Biden directly did it to him. He was just like, he's just like, well, don't think it's wrong that you took advantage of this loophole. It's like, you guys put it out there. It's like, so you did. <laughs> like, uh, the, the other part of that, by the way, is the reason he's still under investigation is because he has waived the statute of limitations, which probably seemed like a good idea at the time, but may not seem like a good idea. Um, there was an FBI um, investigator on uh, CNN this morning who was like, listen, uh, I would tell someone if they really wanted to avoid getting charges today, that's a great idea. But yeah. If I knew there was a lot of dirt out there, I would say take the charges today because they'll you don't know stop what else we'll digging. Find. <laughs> yeah, they'll stop digging. And if you just waive the statute of limitations, they'll say, all right, we got this. We're going to put this to the side. Now we got to look at all of this. But if you take the charges, usually it's like, we got this. All right, let's go forward. And they just forget everything else. So who knows what else they're going to find. Um, and apparently, according to the New York Times, there was a lot. So... <laughs> What what worries me the most about this whole thing is that he's just uh like at some point it's going to come to we found him he he's he, he's basically guilty he's dead to rights and Biden like a Biden presidency will be like let's not prosecute him because I don't want it to become a thing like I don't want to become Forgive like and forget yeah the Democrat prosecuting the former Republican president I don't want to be accused of that it's just like well he did a lot of illegal shit so perhaps. <laughs> We should not yeah. forgive and forget on this one. And he's like, no, I got to let it go. And I'm everyone will just go crazy. Like, and I, by the way, the Democrats will then get ousted out of office. And then the next Republican will be like, listen, I don't know if you've heard about this Benghazi situation, but we need to move forward on charges. And then there'll be charges and it'll be uh, Biden's in Ukraine and Clinton's in Benghazi. And because the one thing that we know is that Democrats are all about turning the other cheek just to give them another piece of skin for the Republicans to slap the next time that they get in office. So yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. And I, here's the question. Is there, if this is how the debates are going to be, is there, is there a point in having two more of them? I mean, like, do you think that, I mean, like, do we need to seriously consider changing up how this thing happens or something like that? Do we put Trump so, in a soundproof box in case he gets out of line or. Uh, I am surprised that they didn't cut his mic. I think they did cut his mic at some point, but they also cut away on the camera. So we couldn't see him talking without hearing him, but they let him talk over Chris for a little bit. But I think at some point Chris was just like, and they cut the mic and they also cut away to, to uh, Biden. And he was like, Mr. Vice President, go ahead. Cause it was weird that sometimes he seemed to just like get the legs cut out of him and he'd be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've never known Trump to just shut up like that. There's always yeah. like a, like, well, I, you know, I, I, if you want to go ahead and do it that way, I don't really. And, you know, it never just stops. So two things. One, I'm going to uh, break my precedent that has basically been in place since we started the podcast. 
I have requested an absentee ballot from the state of Maryland, what? where I am still a citizen. Because uh, deadline is October 13th to request the ballot, and I don't want to get locked out from requesting it, so I'm going to request it. I don't know that I'm going to cast it yet. We'll see. I might sell it to someone on the street corner in exchange for some. Um, well, that's what that's what Trump was accusing people of doing earlier. <laughs> like things, no, uh, things I've never heard of before. Like uh, you know uh, what? What's amazing what's the is value. What's amazing? Uh, you know, like I, I bet you could get good twenty bucks for a for a ballot, depending on the state. Sure. I mean, like the problem is that, like in like Maryland or California, it doesn't really matter. Like. The, yeah, I was gonna they say, might as well. Maryland ballot worth? They might as well put the projection on the screen that he's won California already. Like, there's no point in actually having the election. Like, it's it's over and done with. I I think that uh, I think that we might actually see that crime be committed a couple times in this yeah. election cycle, only because Trump gave him gave people the idea. I've never, I never in my wildest dreams would I ever think about actually buying a ballot from somebody or selling yeah. it. Like, why would why would you like? At the very least, I would say, like, oh, or you're going to vote for something, but you don't know who you're going to vote for at the top of the ticket. Let me tell you the people to vote for. Like, I've told yeah. people who they should vote for before, but that's not me. Like, and as I, soon as they're I in have, the sanctity of the voting booth, I don't have any control over it. I have as well. And usually it's down ballot stuff. I love just listening to conversations on the line and the way in. And they're like, I don't even know what judge to vote for. And I'm just like, mm, don't vote for that one. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, oh, why? I'm like, oh, um, beats his wife. I don't, know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. As long as I can get you not to vote for the guy I don't want you to vote for on the way in. But, you know, it's like uh, it, it it's essentially the same thing. I think that that is probably the limit of what we're going to see. Yes, there will be a, a couple of instances. But by the way, they're saying that it, it might be 160 million ballots cast. Yeah, it'll be like the most the highest turnout in like uh, the 20th century, maybe even the, the 19th century turnout uh by per capita yeah eligible voters actually voting so um but oh back to my point which was that uh i think for me and my absentee ballot um which abides by the president's rule requested sent not just sent to me um i think i'm looking at joe and wondering if it's worth the vote that let's just be clear i jokingly said in 2016 everyone should vote for trump that was a mistake um I think I, at one point in one episode, may have said something along the lines of, what's the worst that can happen? Let me tell you, folks, a global pandemic with a television comedian in charge of the country, that's about as bad as it could get. And um, I'm not trying to test the universe by saying, let's give them another four years and see what else we can ha- we can come up with. Uh, so now at this point, it's like, do I do I actively support another administration or do I just abstain the way that I've continued to I've abstained in the past? And I don't come out of this one look feeling very good. I thought that uh, at the end, Joe kind of looked like a um, confused old man uh, and a, fl- a flustered old man. And I think about him in negotiations with uh, the Canadian prime minister or the French prime minister or um, trying to think of somebody who's younger. Um, See, but 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 even even in a situation like that, I, I, I think what what Biden just went through was, you know, like a 10 round fight when you thought you were going to go for a spar, you know, like yeah, debates traditionally have been, I'll go for two minutes. You go for two minutes. Maybe there'll be a little interruption here and there, but it, it's, you keep in the flow. Uh, you know, suddenly he's, ha- he's having to 
because I could literally see, you know, it's not hard to read Joe's uh, body movements here. Like, there's a lot of times where he's just, like, looking down and writing notes furiously because he's like, I have to remember all this ridiculous shit he just said. Yes. Like, I have two minutes to get back on all this, so, like, I'm not going to miss an opportunity to slam him on one of these things. And, like, a lot of time where you can just see him, like, you know, like, his eyes are kind of closed, but he's, like, thinking. He's just trying to, like, gather it all in. And what I think, though, I identified the best case scenario here. Joe has wanted to be president for a long time. As as Trump pointed out, like maybe 19 times, he's had 47 years in public service. Here's what we do. We vote for Biden. We get him in office. We give him his inauguration day with his like Hillary balloon moment of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let him enjoy it. And then day 10, maybe day 15 of the 46th presidency. Step down and let Kamala take over. And then we actually have somebody who's younger, um, ironically, has a better history of race relations and police and crime and all of those things. Which is weird coming from a prosecutor. Yep. I Very mean, like, strange for me to say that. But I, I think, you know, the, the real problem with the Biden campaign here is that, like, you know, people are going to hold their nose and vote for him. I'm going to hold yeah. my nose and vote for him. But, like... The the problem is that the se- second he takes over office, we're going to be fighting all the same fights we're currently fighting now because yes. he's not going to be left enough for all the all the issues that are, are taking people to the streets. And, I, it, you know, it, it, it's I, I think there's a better chance at the very least if something were to happen on the scale of a George Floyd, a Breonna Taylor, these types of incidents that have recently happened during the Trump administration, which have led to humongous protests all across the country. I I think there's a better chance that you might be able to actually get to some sort of reasonable uh, outcome. If Joe Biden is Mm. president, I don't think you'll get everything you want. I mean, like he clearly stated, like he doesn't go in for defunding the police or any of the issues that like a lot of the left is really adamant about, but like, you know, he's, uh, he, it, you you shouldn't expect this from him either because he's he's just a he's seventy seven years old twenty five years ago he would have been a Republican so yes yes I mean basically he's a Democrat because he grew up in Delaware that's that's why he's a you know I, I was gonna say you said twenty five years ago but honestly if he was born in Texas he would have been a Dem- a Republican candidate and a Republican senator it, I mean, it's he was born in Delaware that's the discernible it. difference between him and a Wayne Gilchrist who is a Republican is very very slight and nobody knows who i'm talking about when i say wayne Chris. but he was a no. a republican <laughs> congressman in maryland who was very moderate like very like almost to the center moderate but well he and caucus and wayne... with the republicans uh and you know biden was the uh biden is basically the left version of that a very ultra center politician who you know in delaware you're a democrat that's basically how it works much like in maryland you're a democrat like uh, if you want to hold elected office, it's a 99% chance you have to be a Democrat. Yeah, and, and I, I think, Wayne, you saying that they were, they, I would guarantee you, if we looked at voting records historically, Joe and Wayne Gilchrist are essentially the same person. But all it really comes down to is a couple of small differences. Um, fiscal, honestly, fiscal policy. Something in the late 80s regarding fiscal policy and you get a Republican Wayne Gilchrist and a Democrat Joe Biden. Otherwise, they're not. Wayne Gilchrist today would not – he would be one of those who left the party. He'd just be like, no, this is not my party. I am not doing this anymore. Um, I'm not going to stand by with this. And he would would just caucus independent. 
I would also like to say that that uh, this debate to me, the lead up to it and even even the presentation of it and how people were reacting to it felt very much like team sports even more than it has before. Oh. Like the yeah. uh, so I was watching uh, football on Fox this weekend and they did a little uh, ad for live betting during the <laughs> presidential debate. And it was say, like they it, it showed like the model phone and on it it said like you know like what nickname will Trump call Biden first and like you know <laughs> like stuff like that and it's like we're betting on By this the way, now wait, wait, we're betting say, the, what what is uh, what's the difference between this and like you know I mean like putting some money on the Broncos Jets game like <laughs> it's if, like if that commercial doesn't end with a one eight hundred you need help kind of hotline <laughs> then I don't know where we are as a country honestly it really should be like. And if you reacted positively, like, what's the number you can call? There are resources out there that can help. You <laughs> Whenever I hear a gambling ad on anything, I have to hear the like fifteen different phone numbers for like one eight hundred help you and like all the yeah. <laughs> and then I, I then I can just picture you on the other end of the phone, like, all right, can I parlay the Monday night football game <laughs> and the Tuesday debate in some sort of? Uh... Can I get a Sleepy Joe in the first five and, a, <laughs> and two and a half on the Jets? <laughs> Uh, but uh, so I we have we've been t- it's about half the show. I think we were figuring about half the show was going to be the debate. Real quick before we go, we move on though. I want to just touch on kind of all the topics. Can you say with certainty you know any better where anyone stands as far as um, uh, fiscal policy? That was I think the first thing that they talked about was really fiscal policy and um, the the COVID plan. Did you see, hear a COVID plan from uh, Trump? in this no i i haven't heard a plan from trump on anything like uh, you know he's had months to have a have a covid plan and he doesn't have a covid plan and he's had months to uh come up with a way to you know get us out of this dire economic situation that a lot of people are in and he hasn't done yeah. anything about that either um i i just don't i don't put a lot of credence in his plans uh joe on the other hand kept you know like not only trying point, pointing people to check out his plan specifically but like whenever, you know, like Chris Wallace would like throw him like, like be like, you know, like, so why do you support the Green New Deal? And he's just like, I don't support the Green. <laughs> like, I have yep. a very different plan. It's not the Green New Deal. It's a completely different thing. There's some things about the Green New Deal that I like that are in this plan, but it's not a carte blanche agreement with the Green New Deal. And like I, I, Trump clearly is just freestyling everything like he never yeah. he never is is dedicated enough to honestly try and learn how he can make things better. He's he, he just thinks that any reaction he have is, has is going to be better than a plan. And yeah, in a, in a situation like this, it's not, it's just, it's not. And uh, the, I think one of the things that worries me now, and I didn't worry about it before, but I didn't think that <laughs> Trump would openly uh, ingratiate himself to white nationalists on national TV. But, oh yeah. Yeah. But that his, was going to be another question. But his, uh, uh, show up at the polls and make sure they're not doing anything fishy. Sounds like it, we're just going to get violent mobs like yelling at people who are lined up to vote for hours, uh, which is not great. Uh, the Proud Boys being giving like a sort of like, hey, you know, keep it keep it under wraps, but then when they need you, you're gonna you're gonna have to come out strong. Like by, by the way, yeah, the worst. Like no, I'll tell them what are we calling them? White supremacists, Proud Boys, yeah. Uh, move back but if if there's needed in the future then we'll need you to step up i'm like that is not what he asked you to do what <laughs> disavow them like <laughs> it's 
and you know that he's trying to do everything he can to uh uh cart favor with them because he just won't throw them down you know right away i mean like biden a couple times tonight uh to his to his credit you know for his campaign was asked a question that you know like the green new deal one like you know do you support mm-hmm. the new green new deal and he and no. emphatically he was just like no i don't and yeah. you know trump when it's like do you support white nationalists it's just like well you know a lot of people vote so <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is so easy it's a dunk like even white nationalists know that you have to say out loud like you yeah. know like oh no <laughs> like they read into even when even when trump has made any kind of statement that was anywhere close to like you know like i don't support these people at all like you'll go on to 8chan and you'll see people go like what he really meant yeah, by but, that statement was yeah he totally well, pulled on his sleeve when he said it which means that he he's like totally in support of the cause that's a special white supremacist motion you literally just see them say he has to say that. Of course he has to yeah. say that. You know, it is what it is. And that's the thing is like, yeah, I, I don't I don't feel any differently about Joe Biden than I did at the start. I know he doesn't embrace the Green New Deal. I know that his two trillion dollar and AOC and Bernie's one hundred trillion dollar illogical will not work, way too over the top Green New Deal are very different. But I also know that Trump's let's just burn a hole in the ozone layer and let the next generation deal with it. That's not going to fix anything either. So if I got to pick one, and this is the argument I always make to people, it's like create a new center. You got to create a new center. And if Trump's over here doing craziness and AOC and Bernie are out here like, let's just bankrupt the country to accomplish maybe something, being in the middle and saying like, listen, $2 trillion, which is two years of defense spending and spreading that over 10 years to make a better economy and a better environment, that's reasonable to me. And so it's not when he, well, when Trump keeps trying to say like, oh, you're just a, you're just a supreme leftist or like, oh, there you lost the radical left. It's like, no, you didn't. I am the radical left and I know who he is. And I can tell you, I don't like it, but what, what is you say? What is, does you saying you lost a radical left do? Do you think that I'm going to be like, you know what? This Trump guy, he's right. I should be on his side. Absolutely. <laughs> I should vote for the guy who's right of the guy who's left. That's wait, the wait, only wait. thing you're a radical me- leftist has to do at this point. You're telling I have me to go all the way around. You're telling me nationalist socialist has the word socialist <laughs> in it. How have I missed this so far? Oh my god, I've been on the wrong side of this issue the whole time. Ugh. All right, well, uh, but, you know, uh, but, uh, like, uh, what what Bernie and and AOC have done with the Green New Deal though is do what we've we told them to do for a long time, which is what Republicans have been doing for a long time, which is. The Republicans will come in and say it's a zero to 100 scale of whatever we're talking about here. Uh, <laughs> Republicans yeah. will come in with zero. They'll say yes. zero. Absolutely not. Zero. And then the Democrats will say to themselves, like in party by themselves, they'll be like, well, the Republicans won't accept 100. So let's just start at 50. And then the negotiation now- becomes beco- between zero and 50. And then eventually yeah. it gets talked down to 25 because the Democrats don't have no spine. AOC and Bernie, for as unreasonable as their plan is, like much like a lot of Republican plans have been completely unreasonable through the years too, is at least a shot at like, Hey, let's find somewhere in the middle, which will still Mm -hmm. be dis or an advantage to the Democrats. Like let's not give away the house before we even start playing. Let's, let's, let's do this. (laughs) Let's let's, uh, and you know what the, the, the problem is that, you know, the, the green new deal, while the price tag is, you know, untenable and, uh, the real world benefits are unproven. There yeah. is logical thought behind where yeah. they get to some of the things that they do. 
So to take away an item, you have to decide why people deserve to die to keep this thing. And, yep. you know, you, you lose things in negotiations all the time. It's sort of how it works. But, like, you know, <laughs> they're more likely to give up airplanes at some point along the way. Like, you know, AOC is not driving back and forth between <laughs> New York and D.C. Like, well, wait, you know, wait. She could take the Acela. That's an electric train. I mean, so. she could. I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, Joe did that for a long time. Yeah. But I, I'm saying there's no there's, you know, like they'll, they'll give up on the things that they don't want to give up at a, at a certain point. But Here, they're going to start thing, with the negotiation with it. Biden, that's the smartest move he made, by the way, because by saying two trillion, if he gets elected, he can look at the Republicans and be like, I have to meet someone in the middle here. I wanted two. They want a hundred. So let's start talking (laughs) about 40 or 50 trillion dollars of investment here. And it doesn't even start at zero. The Republicans want zero, but he's got to say, no, no, no. I started at two. They want a hundred. I don't trust. I don't trust a a potential Democratic Senate to even like. Oh no! They'll negotiate think, it against themselves to the I think, Democratic. I'm president. pretty sure Diane Feinstein is going to be calling up Susan Collins, being like, "How should I vote on this one? <laughs> I'm totally, <laughs> totally on for a loop. You've always been a kind center to me." Yeah. Um. And I. I, I mean, we should. I. Was there anything more from the debate? I mean, realistically, like I said, it, it's. Trump did more damage than any one thing, I think. One, looking crazy to anyone in the center. Um, every time he tried to point out that Joe, like, oh, you lost a radical left. Oh, you lost that. You, what? No, you didn't, because we know who we were dealing with. But when Trump says things like, I mean, maybe humans did a little bit of, are, are a part of this. I think there are people on the right saying, what? What? No, no, no. My, my guy didn't say that. But that can be, now that's a, that's a point. And like you said, if humans are a part of it, why aren't we doing something? Yeah, I mean, if, like, if, if there was more we could do, why don't we do more? Yeah, I, you know, it, it's he's not good at like picking up the the walking into the fallacies of his debate and everything like that. Yeah. He's just saying whatever comes to his mind, and that's that's it. Honestly, it. There, I was ta- I was listening to somebody who was talking about uh, QAnon and you know, like Fox News and Breitbart and the whole Republican ecosystem and some stuff like that. And sometimes you'll just turn on the station. And you'll feel like you're look, watching a completely different world than the one that you're hearing about anywhere else. And maybe if I was watching Fox News all the time and just like all about all the Republican media all the time, a lot of what Trump said would make sense to me. But to most reasonable people who don't follow this religiously like that, they're going to look at him like he's a, you know, a raving lunatic. <laughs> I don't, know, I, mean, like, I don't think that benefits him in the end. Like to get more than what he currently has, it's not going to work. There are some people who are, you know, dyed in the wool Republicans and Fox News watchers or Breitbart readers. That's all they do. But anyone who is a I watch Fox News, but I also watch NBC. I hate watch NBC sometimes. Those people, I think you've already lost. Those are people who are like, I can't I can't defend what just happened here. Like I'm a rational person. I can't defend any of what he's saying. That being said, I'm gonna enjoy the next week of people defending what he's. Oh yeah, no, hundred <laughs> like, percent, absolutely. Watching people crawl backwards to Ted Cruz being like, "I thought he had the best debate performance of the year." Oh, and Lindsey Graham, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham, and of the election, by the way, it's not just a presidency. We have a very other important race. The down ballot races are also just as important because uh, if Trump gets his way, none of this discussion we've just had will matter. Yeah, uh, because Handmaid's Tale is coming. Handmaid's yeah. Tale is on its way, Corey. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, I assume you're talking about Amy Coney Barrett, our new, yes. our new nominee for the Supreme Court, taking over. And by the way, uh, you know, uh, not to uh, 
not to get on a perfectly good merchandising opportunity, but uh, to to start painting her as the notorious. Now I got to fucking figure it out. AC ACB ACB is yeah. fucking uh, that that just feels like rubbing it in at this point. <laughs> you know, like uh I I, I agree that uh th- th- this is just ridiculous. Like we've we've basically let a lobbying firm decide who all our Supreme Court justices are going to be. Yeah. And the Republican Party is all in with the Federalist Society and they're just going to go with literally anybody they put on that list. And if it's good enough for them, then it's good enough for the senators. Like these aren't people who are elected who put together this list. It's just random Republican think tank members and people who have a lot of money to to uh, sway the Federalist Society whims. And I think what what alarms me about Comey Barrett is that like usually you have to do something. Like usually you have to be a lawyer for a long time and like fighting some really big cases. Or you what? have to be like a a I, judge, you know, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is that yeah? Who you're or, about? Like- or you have to be a judge for a long time, like you know she's served a distinguished career for twenty years on the the highest court in California or whatever, you know, like the, the mm-hmm. Supreme Court justices always came with a certain amount of gravitas, and even if it was a young person, even if it was like a Merrick Garland, he had you know thirty years on the bench or something, <laughs> you know, like he was like yeah. he was fifty eight and he had thirty years on the bench, like he was he was doing oh. great for himself. <laughs> also. Beloved by both parties and like unanimously, as I was reminded by our our intro video, unanimously put forward or voted on in every lower bench that they bumped him up to. Yeah. And Orrin Hatch, the leader of the Republican senator, said, like, if he doesn't put him up, I don't know what he's doing. Like, that's the one guy you're going to get through here without a problem, except for Mitch McConnell. But Merrick Merrick Garland is the exact. So another great moment during the debate was when Trump was just like, why'd you leave so many judge sheds open? And what? Motherfucker! They're saying saying it was like a complete sham that you didn't fill all these judges. It's just like, I'm so surprised Biden was just like, you should talk to fucking Mitch McConnell about all those judges that he took away from us. The we Yeah. As Everything soon as they, was nominated, as soon as bro, they won the Senate, we, we couldn't get a single fucking judge through. Even the most, and you know, Garland is like as moderate as milk toast. And Amy, Amy Coney Barrett was raised in a lab to be the next Scalia. Like, yes, it's like Dolly the sheep of Scalia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, intern for him, and then um, uh, what's the other word? Not intern, but um, clerk. Clerk for him. Yep. Yeah. But the, I, I saw a meme where it was her in the Handmaid's Tale outfit, and I was like, okay, so, I mean, I get it. You know, you're, um, she's, uh, uh, dang it. What was I going to say? Um, oh, she's very conservative, and she's, like, anti-choice and, you know, all that yeah. stuff. But then I found out, like, she's actually in a conservative group that is like men it's all run by men and they pull their money together and if anybody has anything they give out to them i was like oh oh no she is the women in the handmaid's tale the women in that group are literally called handmaids yeah it's so So, weird it's uh, super weird but i i I don't know this whole thing is just uh it's gonna pass that's the problem she's gonna get in so the question is what do you do about it because i mean like you know, there, there's all kinds of stupid tactics that are being discussed. Like, are we, are the Democrats just going to abstain from the entire process? And it's just like, well, don't do that. Like, Kamala's, yeah, on the, they- Kamala's on judicial. I don't understand why you're not allowing this to just be a free debate, a free unencumbered debate performance by Kamala Harris, who was really good at uh, 
getting across her point from like when she's questioning somebody in the in, in the Senate. Like she's very good at it. She's she's uh she's amongst the best. I don't understand why you don't give her an opportunity to just go ham shit all over Amy Coney Barrett. Well, like and I'm down for that on judiciary, but I think if it comes up for a vote in the Senate that nobody no Democrats show up. Just don't come and there there's no quorum and you can't take a vote. So Yeah. But what do we then it leaves everybody else. But you can else. get a quorum with like 40, right? No. Or 50? I think so. I mean, no, they got think, 50, yeah. so No, you have to have a majority. No, no, you have to have more than a majority. I think you have to have a super majority present to form a quorum and then majority rules of that quorum. But I mean, again, D- uh, Diane Feinstein would just be like, oh, well, it would be a dereliction of duty if I didn't show up. <laughs> is this is where I vote no for the vote. Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, by the way, why down ballot votes are important yeah. because we should be voting out people like Diane Feinstein. Also, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And Chuck Schumer, for that matter. But, I mean, all of them, honestly. I did, en- I did enjoy Lindsey Graham on Fox News going, like, I'm getting killed financially. Because it's like, yeah, why? wonder why. <laughs> there's Hypocrites kind of do. I don't there's know. There's a video you. on the internet of you saying, like, you should use my Hold words against, against me. me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Why would... He's just but, like... Uh, there's going to be more to come for, for Amy Coney Barrett. I, I just... The, the, the problem is Stay tuned I really over wanted, the next two weeks while we shove this nomination through. I, I really wanted to talk about it, but I'm just like, you know, what? it's inevitable. It's not like it's a discussion. And, and literally they have jammed four months of hearings into two weeks. And yeah. the final vote is going to be the Thursday after they open discussions next Monday. Yeah. Uh, it's appalling, but nonetheless, uh, we'll talk about it next week. Um, yeah. The the I think the more important thing is that uh, handmade sale may come not just because because of Amy Coney, Coney, Coney Barrett, but because Trump may just not leave the White House. He may just be like, nope. Uh, and the ability not to go back to the debate, but the ability to talk out of both sides of your mouth is a is a politician. That's a thing that politicians mm. do. But for him to say, if the results come out on election day and I've won, why would I not announce that I've won? But then essentially to say, like, if I'm losing on Election Day, we'll run this thing out as long as we have to run it out. So whatever Muncie court even. I have to take it to. And I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. So if you're winning, then you won. But if you're not winning, then run out. And also you said maybe you wouldn't leave or honor the results once certified. And he did not say that, no, I won't do that. So, yeah, uh, it's amazing how many uh, how many people. I saw like just lose their shit the second that he said it because so much of of just the just the reasonable decorum of our society is based off of the peaceful transition of power. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, it's not saying that if there is a contentious election like Bush v. Gore that you're not allowed to continue fighting that that fight and hope that you win the the presidency because that one you know literally came down to a percentage of votes in Florida. And that was going to decide the election. Well, I know, but I I'm mean, saying like because they stopped the voting elsewhere. Yes, right. But I'm saying like you know, realistically, saying it, it was less than a one percent difference in the vote. Yes, when they were going yes. through it, um, you know, and if for whatever reason this election is like that, then it is going to go to the courts. It's going. It's going to have its next life in that in that regard. But there's no point in saying that if it is decided that I have lost, I won't give up the presidency. And yeah. I mean, like, honestly, 
this is not making me want to vote less. It's making me want to vote more. And it's making me want to tell other people to vote more. Because maybe if Joe Biden has such a commanding lead on election night just from the people <laughs> who showed up, like, before the mail-in vote votes are counted, then yeah. perhaps this this dies down a little bit. And, you know, all, I mean, all the all the other Republicans in the government are doing what they have to do. You know, McConnell's saying, like, you know, like, oh, he'll definitely leave. Don't worry. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I trust I he anything will. he says, but... I think he will, and I don't think that Joe Biden will be the 46th president of the United States. I think he will be the 47th president of the United States. Because Donald Trump, talking about all his lame duck stuff he wants to pass, if I were him and I lost, my first thought would be like, all right, so listen, Mike, uh, January 1st, I'm stepping down. January 2nd, I'd really like to get that presidential pardon. How can we uh, yeah. work that out? All crimes, lifetime pardon for everything that happened before this moment. Can we do that? And then just step down. Give Mike Pence his, you know, 20 days of presidency. See, he can try to turn it into Handmaid's Tale real quick. Wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, that that would a pardon would only be for federal crimes though, right? You can't do anything about state crimes, hypothetical state yes. crimes. So I mean, like, yes. even the idea that you would pardon him would get you away from a degree of like the treasons and stuff like that that he could potentially tax be charged evasion. with. But tax evasion, you could get charged with New York tax evasion. True, he took money but back it, from New York too. So I mean, if he's found guilty of what they're investigating him for right now, then that mm -hmm. also includes back taxes to New York. And if but you could, as part of the pardon, though, you can quash the investigatory files. So if the FBI has been or the IRS has been the one investigating, you can stop them from giving the file to New York and make them basically start over with an investigation. Mm. And then, I mean, the dude's 74 and he eats cheeseburgers from McDonald's every day. Like, <laughs> you might, I mean, you might you, just if you can get a two year, if you can get a two to five year sentence, it might, it might be enough. Just, I was gonna say, or if you can get a two to five year reprieve, that might be enough. If New York's like, we got to start from the gut, jump again, and like, all right, well, we can I mean, have this wrapped up in three years. New York probably has charges waiting for him on yeah, uh, on election fraud, <laughs> which they can do on a state level because he like paid Stormy Daniels and shit like that. So yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I I would think that we're more likely to get uh, President Pelosi for a couple days while they they figure it out in court than I would be that we're gonna get a President Pence for any amount of time, like. Oh, and I was going to say to that, uh, because, yeah, also, by the way, Republicans nightmare scenario. If this does take months, <laughs> if this does take months. Uh, president Trump isn't president on uh, January 20th when the new term begins. If there is a, yes. a concern about what's going on, Pelosi takes over. Assuming well, she wins well, her. <laughs> and no. And assuming she gets revoted as Speaker of the House by the Democrats. Yeah. Who come in on the third. So, I mean, AOC. If she's made speaker, <laughs> could be president. And if you want them to wrap up election voting, that's what you do. You make AOC the speaker and just be like, hey, boys, uh, how are we doing on that election voting? <laughs> Trump's like, I concede. I, I know. I get it. I get it. Now, no, but Mitch, she couldn't. Understand. She couldn't, though, because she couldn't be president. She wouldn't be able to assume presidency under the. Wait, how old? No, she. she I thought she turns after the election, but before. No, she she's no. like thirty two no. yeah, or thirty three right. right now, so she you're still right, has right. a couple years before. I think it's before mm. the next election, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think she turns thirty five like before November twenty twenty four. Yes, 
Yeah. And and I was yeah. gonna say, uh, a peaceful transfer of power doesn't have to be super nice. There have been presidents who like boycotted the next president's um, yeah. inauguration, and I have I have friends who are parents who will like uh, you know have to fight and wrangle and spank their kid and then put him in bed and be like, oh no no he's just he um he just went down for a nap and like <laughs> totally peaceful. If we have to drag him out kicking and screaming and spanking on the way out, it doesn't matter. That's still a peaceful I mean that's that's literally what will happen too. By the way, <laughs> just in case you're curious. Uh, if he decides to just like chain himself to the resolute desk, then the secret service will just take him out. Like, <laughs> I would really like to see some Marine who he has not remembered his name for four consecutive years. <laughs> Jerry, why like, are you doing this to me? My name's Jerome <laughs> for the last time. It's been four years, Mr. President. And, uh, I yeah. don't like Jerry. It's not my name. <laughs> just fireman throw him over his shoulder, carry him out to Marine too. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see how uh, how all that'll that be goes. enjoyable CNN coverage when you see him like slamming on the back of the circuit. Let me go! Let me go! Kicking his feet in the air. <laughs> Melania following after, just like, oh God, Donald, Donald, please, please. She's wearing she's wearing the I'm asking for a divorce dress or whatever. <laughs> Or just a T-shirt that says, don't worry, I'm getting divorced. Yeah. Uh, you know, like that. And, and I left my husband in the White House. <laughs> that's assuming Melania is still there uh, on the <laughs> last day. Because if he gets voted out, I'm not for sure she doesn't just, like, head back to New York on November 5th and just, <laughs> all right, this chapter's over. Uh, Listen, I need so to get squatters' I... rights at Trump Tower for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be yeah. there for a couple weeks for it to take in, so... Uh, but uh, so from a very funny topic to a uh, not funny topic, because I want to make sure we get to this this week. Yes. Um, luckily, the grand jury has come to a decision in the Brianna Taylor case. We've been waiting for nearly nearly 200 days. I think 170 days altogether. Sounds um, about right. Early, early. Like that. Yeah. March. Yep. So 170 plus days we've been waiting and the grand jury has come down and charges have been filed they've been brought so she finally has justice this is excellent news Corey. i'm oh why are you shaking your head now i don't understand uh so one officer got charged with two two counts of wanton disregard which he got for missing if you find no no if you fire if you fire into an apartment where a woman is sleeping clearly you're going to get a wanton disregard that's a minimum that you would get so yeah it's not one of the ones who fired inside of the apartment it's the guy who literally went Mm -hmm. outside and started going rambo on the side of the house on the side of the apartment but he shooting into windows with the the blinds closed and stuff like that. So he put Brianna's life at risk and she ended up dying. So at least there's some form of justice for her. I don't see it. Oh, wait. So I, I maybe I'm making a misconnection here. You're telling me that charging the guy who missed her and then yeah. endangered the lives of other people in the apartment building. That's not justice for Brianna. I don't understand. No, because. Uh, we- <laughs> Because as the meme goes, uh, we, we only charged the guy who who hit the wall. Like the the only charges were the for the shots that missed. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And and by the way, again, re- realistically, this is not about him endangering Brianna. It's he endangered other people in the apartment complex, and yeah. therefore we have to charge him. So, I mean, like it, so. So much of the problem with the Brianna Taylor case was that there were there were pieces of information that nobody would reasonably be able to say without having done some uh uh fuck what do you call it like some investigation on the bullets 
Uh, forensic. Forensic yeah, forensic. Yeah, doing a forensic investigation Ooh. as to who. Oh, wait, I've been watching a lot of forensic files. I can totally <laughs> get away with murder right now, by the way. <laughs> I am completely able to do that, I think. You know now? You know all the secrets? I know enough. I know enough. <laughs> Basically, they end every episode with... He thought he was smarter than the police, but here's where he screwed up. And I'm just in there like, mm, okay. <laughs> Making a big note of all the times they screwed up. Got a long list <laughs> of how people thought they were smarter than police and weren't. And now. Gotcha. No, but so uh, what was I just saying? Oh, the, the forensics was going to decide a lot because yeah. a lot of, of what you're actually trying to determine was what bullet killed Breonna Taylor. Who shot the bullet that killed Breonna Taylor? And we or know bullets. that. It, yeah, or bullets. And we know we know who shot the bullet that killed her, uh, mm-hmm. but that person was not charged. Nope. And the the old line is that as a as a prosecutor, you can uh, if you bring in a ham sandwich to get, uh, to a grand jury, you can get charges on the ham sandwich. Yeah, uh, and that did not happen in this case. It it seems like uh, David Cameron decided to go in or Daniel Cameron. I keep fucking that up. I don't remember. Anyway, Kentucky Attorney General. He uh, he went in there, and uh, it doesn't matter. We're not going to be talking about him for long. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, he went in there and clearly just was trying to get the chart, the two wanton disregard because that's all he got. Uh, I don't I don't think he even wanted to get those, but I think I, I mean I told you on the call earlier today. I think he literally was just like, I don't see a spin on this one, boys. Yeah. I don't know what a you walked outside and fired through a window blindly into an apartment. Um, well, you knew somebody's going to have to take one. You knew that guy was going to get the charges because he was fired before. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Else. So like, if you're bet, if you're, if you're so bad at your job that you got fired in a situation like this, you know, you're, you're about to get charges too. Like, no, wait, 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 wait. That's not true. Because, uh, I mean, if I do many things to screw up anything, cost people money, I get fired. Pizza delivery guy dumps a pizza in front of a house like a ups driver yeah. just like tosses it on he gets fired the difference is cops don't get fired for anything so if a cop gets fired now yeah. you have to be like whoa whoa wait what did he do what did he do <laughs> did he loudly proclaim i am murdering someone because i feel like it it's like dude you can't do that like, <laughs> you need he to say screaming racial need, epithets you need to say i was fearing for my life as you were killing the person that's how it works that's that's the get out of jail free card yeah i saw uh I, in time hop in the last couple of days was a post from like seven years ago that it was like police training and it was four squares and the first one's like draw fire i was afraid for my life like that was the i'm like yeah mm, sad but um yes the old adage is a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich because essentially it is a, a court case where there is no judge to tell you don't do that. And there's no defense attorney to object to anything that you do. Yeah. So you present all the evidence that you want and you can show anything that you want. I mean, I could literally, uh, so another prosecutor uh, posted when COVID first happened, he was like, yeah, um, I walked into a bank wearing my mask and realized that I was digging around in my pocket for the deposit slip. And I thought to myself, I've indicted men on less evidence than this. And I was like, two thoughts. One, that's a problem uh, if you're indicting people on that kind of evidence. But also, yeah, it doesn't take much because then you have to go to court and flesh it out. And you have to present real evidence that this person robbed a bank, for instance. But yeah. that's the thing. It's it's not supposed to be the, the time in which the prosecutor tries his evidence. It's 
you dump everything. You could literally have somebody, and there's no rules about hearsay. Corey could come in there and say, well, I read on somebody's blog who lives in Kentucky that they heard one of the friends of the cop said this, and that's evidence for a grand jury. And it's just weighed out by the grand jury. Like, how much do we trust this guy who is, lives nowhere near the situation and read it on a blog or whatever? Well, I but, mean, like, clearly that the the grand jury wasn't being was being swayed by very little because, you know, there's 12 people essentially who are 18. witnesses. 18. Yeah. One person, 18. one person on the third time around said they heard someone say police and everyone else said, I never heard police said once, which is oh, a part sorry, of the no. I thought you were talking about the grand jury. Grand oh, juries no. have 18 people, not 12. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The the 12 witnesses at the scene or yes. something like that. Uh, yeah. They, they you know, none of them said they heard them. the police announce themselves. And one person on the third third interview said they heard it. And that was enough to clear uh, the two cops who weren't, weren't shooting blindly into the side of the building. Um, yeah. The problem here is that uh, we all knew... I think even people who are asking for Brianna for justice for Brianna Taylor knew that no justice was going to come. And yeah, because yeah. there's no I mean, like, even if there were charges brought, which would have been a nice change of pace in the situation, uh, there there was going to be no justice at the end of the day. And it's not because this case doesn't deserve it or that Brianna doesn't deserve it or that there aren't many problems with what has happened so far. Uh, it's that the system is not built to allow her to have justice in this situation because it is always going to defer to the cop no matter yep. what. Um, they will find any excuse in which to uh, free a cop of charges like this. And until the system changes, it's not going to protect her. And I mean, like, you know, there, there's there's issues with the, the police who were involved in the shooting, staying on the scene, staying in the crime scene, talking to people. There's now body cam footage that is being released after the fact, like after we've already had the grand mm -hmm. jury, like the public is finally seeing body cam footage. One of the officers who was involved actually had a body cam on. They said nobody had a body cam on when the actual uh, search warrant was was being executed. Yeah. Uh, the, the judge, uh, amongst all the people, I, she will lose her job, I'm sure, at some point. But she probably not. She rubber stamped uh, a bunch of warrants all at the same time and apparently did it all within 10 minutes, which is not a reasonable amount of time to go through a warrant because so they are I, quite lengthy. I did a little bit of research into that. Yeah. So I want I want to clarify that. So I one, I don't think the judge will lose her job because uh, it's real hard to lose a judgeship unless it's elected. And then the people of Kentucky will have it to say in it. But they've elected Mitch McConnell many times over. So yeah. I have no faith in that. Um, but, yeah, so uh, first, one, they will never release a grand jury transcript. But I wish that they would. I wish that we could see what his arguments were that got no charges because I guarantee you. All we're going to hear is him pressing for these wanton charges. Just, yeah. That's it. Like, somebody's got to fall on the – listen, we need to get justice for her. This is him arguing to the grand jury. We need to get justice for Brianna. This is how we do it. We're going to charge the guy who didn't hit her and who endangered everyone else with something, and everybody else will just let go. And they've learned their lesson probably. Yeah. But as far as the, the, um, the warrants, so this judge issued uh, – I have a note. What is it? Uh, so she issued 10 no-knock warrants in 12 minutes. Yes. No, five. Five no-knock warrants in 10 minutes, uh, 12 minutes. So 
the time that is listed on it is the time of signing, not necessarily the time of receiving. The affidavits are very lengthy, but every warrant that she signed was about the same case. And the likelihood is that the officer, same officer was the affiant in every single case. And there are some standard questions that judges ask. And one of those questions can be like, you're the affiant in all these cases or all these warrant requests. Do you, uh, do you like, uh, swear under God that, um, all the things you're attesting to hold themselves true for all of these warrants. So you can kind of do all of them at one time. Yeah. The interesting question. And so I found the opinion piece that was like, that's way too fast to do warrants. I found another opinion piece. It's like, no, 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 that's completely reasonable. But there was a comment at the bottom of that one that really got to me, which is what time did he step in the courtroom? That's the important time. The 12 minutes to sign is totally normal because there's a lot of places to sign. But what time did he step in? Did he step in 10 minutes before she started signing and then signed all of them in 12 minutes? Or did he step in 90 minutes before and then 90 minutes later she started signing and it took 12 minutes to sign everything? The reality is, having been in this before, it's probably the latter. That he walked in, she asked five or six of the same questions, one of which is the, the facts that you're swearing to attest to all of these. And he said, yes. The one person who may get fired is actually that cop. Because one of the things he attested to was that both of the subjects they were looking for were, were likely to be found at any of those places, of the five places. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, he knew or should have known they arrested one of the guys the night before he went to go get the no-knock warrants. So one of those guys was not even on the street anymore. He had been arrested. Um, the more concerning thing for all of us is that the evidence that they had apparently in these warrants was real slim. Yeah, and very circumspect too. Yeah, they hit the wrong apartment. That's number one. And why like you're just let go because you're like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, this is nine. We're looking for six. Cross the hall, boys. And then, like, let's kick in another door. But, um, like, that should also be a question. Why are you okay just because you're like, oh, wrong apartment. We killed somebody. But, I mean, we had a warrant. Yeah, but not for this place. Yeah, uh, but we have a warrant, though. Yeah, yeah, for that apartment. Did you kill anybody over there? No? Okay. So now we got a problem because you killed somebody in here. Uh, this is a, this is problematic. But more that that basically they said these two people, one of whom's already in jail, and he knew that or should have known it. One of these two people is going to be found at one of these five places. They executed two of the warrants, didn't find anybody. And then we went to go to the third place and then decided to skip it. Why? Don't know. Don't know why. But then they execute a no knock warrant at uh, another place that one of the 11 or 12 witnesses said they heard them say police. The likelihood is what they did is what you see a lot where the guy swings the baton back. And as it's hitting the door, you hear somebody be like, police, yeah. it's like police. And, and like, yeah. as the door's coming in and from the outside, yo, yeah, they said police, but if you're inside sleeping, you don't hear police. You hear as the door comes in and then it's like, Oh, somebody's kicking my door in. Um, it, it's just sloppy police work all over. And, and the problem is it'll continue to be sloppy police work because we don't hold anyone accountable. What what does the, the guy who testified under oath to something dishonest uh, that he knew or should have known was wrong, got an address wrong and got a woman killed. What negative consequences did he have from this? He was I put mean, in admin yeah. leave. 
paid vacation. Yeah. That's it. I uh, the the one thing that just number one, no walk no knock warrants for people who like are, you know, into criminal justice have been saying for a long time, there's really no need for this. I mean yes. like most reasonable people when you're going to arrest them will have to leave their house to like go to McDonald's at some point and you can easily arrest them on the sidewalk without incident if you're worried that like number one the the act of like knocking down the door and storming into the house is dangerous enough as it is so if you're talking about officer danger that's already ratcheting up the danger so you should only be doing this in situations where it is incredibly you know if you're trying to get like Tony Montana (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you're breaking down the door. That makes sense. The idea Wait, was that Scarface like, shows us how dangerous that is. How many people did Scarface <laughs> kill on that no knock? But the the amazing thing is you you just you know like how you you the 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 hot process for a lot of this is that you're going to uh, flush drugs down the toilet if you hear the police announce themselves before they like kick the door in, and it's just like yeah, that's a crime too, and that's easily provable. It's like easy to see cocaine on the the lid of the. The toilet seat. Also, if they have enough that they could flush it in the time it takes you to get through the door when you knock a couple times and they don't answer and you hear like scribbling around inside the apartment, uh, they probably didn't have enough for you to be knocking down the door in the first (laughs) place. I, you know, like honestly, the number of no knock warrants that should be executed as opposed to the ones that are, are probably less than 1%. Because most of the time, most of the time, it's people are like, oh, we got to arrest this guy and we got to make a scene about it, you know? like, uh, And that's it. Like, uh, for instance, Roger Stone was a no-knock warrant. I'm not saying that, you know, Roger Stone doesn't deserve to be arrested, but perhaps you just call Roger Stone's lawyer and say, hey, deliver him at noon tomorrow to the courthouse. No, no, screw that. No, no, take take that door down. That's a door I agree <laughs> with taking down. Uh, I, but but I think that the, the, the real thing when it comes down to is if you don't have no-knocks, how many how many times do you use your SWAT team a year, Corey? I I can't imagine in a city like Louisville I would be using it that often. Like yep, yep. but we they use them for no knock warrants, right? So if you want to justify the expense that you're spending on your SWAT team to have fancy guns and fancy bulletproof vests and fancy cars, you got to just start knocking down doors. Well, I mean, if there's and no I, images of these people in their their military assault gear, then it doesn't make any sense to. Uh, not have the money, you know, like, yeah, that, that's the other thing too, is uh, so many times they will no knock in a door and like, look, listen, uh, um, uh, Baltimore, they actually call them knockers, but I don't, it's not because of, right. They call them knockers yeah. in Baltimore. Yeah. But like what they will, they'll do is they'll go in and arrest people and they get out because they, they know that the neighborhood will like get rowdy yeah. otherwise. But squat, what a SWAT team does is they knock down the door, they surprise you, and then they stay inside for 45 minutes waiting for the media to show up to walk you out. Um, that's what they did with uh, Aaron Hernandez. They, like, rush inside, all guns up, and then they held him inside for 25 minutes, waited for the cameras to get set up outside, and then walk him out. So real so, quick here, we, we, have, uh, we have comments building up here. So, oh, my, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I, I didn't have Discord open. Uh, I'll read you some here. Uh, cops are kind of like war buddies. Uh, they deal with them in house. I think that's what, uh, assuming the the cops are dealt with in house. 
Yeah, uh, which, if they were ever dealt with. Which, you know, honestly, they're not. I mean, uh, some some police department maybe somewhere deals with them in-house, but, like, I'm from Baltimore where the gun trace task force was allowed to run ram- ramshot over everything forever, and they wouldn't have gotten caught if it wasn't for the feds. Uh, Boy, it's not tra- like you've done any research in that. How can you speak to that? <laughs> they're trained to protect themselves so that they can serve. Yeah, that they get that. <laughs> they want to stay on the job. Cognitive blank, I don't know. You could call police to tell someone to shoot you? I don't know. I would, if I called the police, I imagine I get shot because the police showed up. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. They shouldn't oh, have wait, to call wait, wait, police wait, like that in the first place. To be honest, if you They're, call, if someone calls the police and says you might shoot yourself, they'll also come and shoot you. So there's also that bit of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, the problem is that uh, how often do they get new equipment? Uh, well, the, the, a lot of police departments all across the country got a huge wave of military grade equipment at the end of the Obama administration. I remember that one yes. because, uh, I, I specifically noticed a couple counties that all of a sudden had tanks that didn't have them before. So yep. uh, the driving, that driving through Parkville year. and they get, there's a tank all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, Th- that program, by the way, the has continued it, it. Obama said he would end it. He didn't end it. It continued. It's still active now. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll say, oh, this gun no longer works for our what we need. So we're going to mark it as sellable. They sell it to the cop who uses it on the job for 40 bucks and then requisition money for a new for him for work. So he gets to take his work gun home and get a new work gun. And the same for bulletproof vests and a lot of stuff. So. Well, and I mean, anytime one of these, anytime a a big situation happens, it's always a big call from the FOP or whatever union you have in your city to get fresh new gear for all the people. Like, you know, they were when uh, Freddie Gray happened. I remember the police union going like, you're basically sending them out there with sticks and milk cartons to like fight the mobs. (laughs) And it's just like they were wearing bulletproof vests and (laughs) face shields and everything like that. But, you know, they got a lot of money for new equipment at that point. I mean. All of a sudden, Wait, we I found wanna, some room I in the want, budget there. I want to jump to the bottom here because we have some new comments coming in. Retired military equipment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, not retired military equipment. Actual military equipment. Uh, it was a. It's retired because the people who make military equipment want to sell more military equipment. That's. There you uh, go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like, it, hey. Um, why do we, we have like 10,000 10, 10, tanks? It's like, oh, well, we'll give 8,000 of them to police departments and buy 8,000 new ones. Well, yeah, no, it, it's literally that they say we have to we have to buy um, 40,000 M4s every quarter. So we need to find a reason to buy 40,000 M4s every quarter. That means selling or giving to local police departments as a loan that they don't have to repay uh, weapons so that we can justify buying more of them. And you can call that retired military equipment if you want. And you could call it conserving funds, even though n- neither one of those things is true. They don't sell it. It's loaned out as equipment that never has to be repaid or returned. Um, and sometimes they will pay a small amount as a deposit, but my small town where I am from in Maryland got a um, MRAP, which is a mine-resistant anti-personnel vehicle. And why do they need that in a town of 5,000? They don't. But the government said, hey, if you give us 1,500 bucks, we'll give you a $140,000 vehicle that you can run the wheels off of. And when it breaks down, call us and we'll take it back. That's the loan. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I, all I can think of is, is me as a normal everyday citizen. Like if I wanted to 
say I moved to Arizona and I wanted to get a driver's license. I don't just show up and say, hey, I was a licensed driver elsewhere. Give me my new driver's license. I have to yeah. pass a test. I have to fill out a form. I have to do all this shit. You know, like if I want to be able to build a shed on my property, I have to I have to call the Department of Building Safety. I have to send somebody out there. They're going to tell me my plans aren't good enough. I'll be like, I bought these plans. They, you, you've approved these plans before. And it's like, no, we don't approve those plans anymore. Then you got to buy new plans and then you got to do the whole dance again. There's a thousand opportunities where everyday American citizens get ham they get get jammed up by the government because they're trying to you, you just get lost in the bureaucracy of it all. But police don't have the I'm going to sit down here with you for 45 minutes and discuss every point of this of this no knock yeah. warrant that you're trying to execute. Like and I, I got also I, I, don't, the, I, gotta, I don't I don't trust the judge. You know, the the judges who are signing these warrants aren't just there's not just like one judge who signs all the warrants. It's whatever judge you have the availability to get to when you yeah. go there. So like But but wait, 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 wait. And but you can choose. know when they will wait. Yes. Oh, they yeah. Wait and they go for a certain judge. You know, at Thursday at two is old man Stevenson who will literally sign anything. So you wait for old man Stevenson to show up and then you get him to sign it like. I, I don't have the, comments. I don't have the same luxury of going like, oh, well, Cindy works at the DMV on Friday. So if I go <laughs> on Friday and just happen to get a three when they call it and she has a three, then I'm a sail through this driver's license. <laughs> yeah, because I know Cindy's uh, so going to look out for me. We're getting more comments. And I, I want to address what this person is talking about. Uh, and this is uh, monkey man was DL or D one, two, three. So I uh, thank you for checking out the show. We appreciate yeah. you your viewing. I mean, most of your arguments are completely wrong, but thank you for watching the show anyway. Um, it's uh, conserving funds. Th this is the the definition, Corey, of conserving funds. Conserving funds, as in that episode of The Office. He's not saying that. I'm saying that. Um, they spend as much of their budget as they can to prevent their funds for from being taken down the next year, yeah. which is arguably great, except for the United States spends more than the next 12 countries combined on military 10 of which used to be 11, 10 of which are allies. So we, if you took the amount of money we spend and we made one big pile, and then we took the next 12 countries and piled up their money together next to it, ours would still be bigger. So maybe it's time to bring those budgets down. And if it takes not putting an MRAP in a town of 5,000 people, which by the way, the, the first time that they use that MRAP, really funny. They had a standoff with an empty house for 18 hours. And I loved that. It was just like a guy slowly pulling up in an MRAP in, into a house and then like pushing the door in with the uh, battering ram, like boom. And then they go inside and there's nobody inside. Uh, yeah. So that's really great use of uh, military equipment. But um, yeah, it, it, for they, they, they get to loan. Here's here, more comment for the fancy vehicle. They, they weren't going to use. Yeah. Let's maybe stop buying fancy vehicles because People find reasons to use them. If you put them in the hands of your high school bully, who's now a cop, like a lieutenant, captain in the local police force, he's going to find a reason to use it because that's what those guys do. <laughs> they find or a reason to use the sticks and guns they have. Like, yeah. <laughs> why am I giving I them more things to use? I mean that or they're going to, you know, uh, run for president and kill us all during a pandemic. One or the other. Um, you're complaining about bureaucracy and you're talking about creating even more. I don't know how that is possible. <laughs> um, I'm talking about keeping the same amount of bureaucracy. Uh, take the money from the Defense Department and give it to 
literally everyone else. I would oh, say I think NASA, he was talking about me when I was complaining about like driver's licenses and uh, sheds oh, possibly, and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I, I want the cops to have to go wait at the DMV to get their warrant. And yes, I did. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, excuse me for wanting police to have to actually go to a judge, explain thoroughly why they need the warrant, why they need it to be a no-knock warrant, and, like, why they couldn't do this any other way. If the judge yes. feels satisfied after, a, after a, a strenuous conversation as to why there is no way they could do this any other way than the way that they have chosen, then they can sign off on it and, you know, we'll figure it out from there. But the number of no-knock warrants should go down... 99% because most of them are completely unnecessary. And this isn't just me, some random guy saying this. This is criminal defense attorneys saying this. This is people in state's attorney's offices all over the country. This is police and police unions saying this as well. Yeah. They don't the no-knock warrant is just a a a calamity that can end up in any sort of way. And it can end up in a situation like this where two innocent people were inside their apartment. They did or did not hear them call out police. Like it, it, it's possible that the police said announced themselves and mm. they didn't hear it and they knocked down the door. I'm saying it's possible. Sure. That doesn't change the fact that if they didn't hear it inside, that doesn't you know, they didn't they didn't announce it well, well enough for them to know inside what was going on. And you have a, a there's castle laws that defend your personal property and your your home. Is somebody's breaking in, and where the yeah. fuck's the NRA on this one? <laughs> like, I mean, like, yes. Where once again, where is the NRA? And and uh, for the for the gentleman who or lady who is watching right now, uh, this is episode. I still don't know the number, but three twenty seven, three thirty eight. Uh, welcome to the conversation in three thirty eight. Uh, as far as your comments of top government government folks don't understand how that money will be used, so they just throw money at folks. They think uh, they would think would be competent. Yes. And for the last 328 episodes, 338 episodes, whatever it is, we have been saying, hey, Obama sucks and yeah. everybody about his administration sucks. And then we said, hey, Trump sucks <laughs> and everybody about his administration sucks and guaranteed whether it is uh, more Trump or it's Joe Biden or Jill Stein runs again somehow and gets elected or you vote for the best candidate for president, Rob Cheek for cheekforamerica.com i will come on this podcast and be like that guy is a jerk and i'll be doing it from the west wing i'll be like i don't know how this guy could be any more incompetent he's a terrible leader and he should be impeached and then i'll go question why people on podcasts are talking about impeaching <laughs> but that that's just yes we complain about the government and how they spend money all of the time and that is universal but uh one to your point Corey. One of the things you'll find, and one of the statistics that is absolutely true, is that some court systems have started using a hopper system where you can't just wait for old man Stevens to be on the bench. Every warrant request comes in and goes into an electronic hopper, and then it gets assigned. And they say, listen, if you want it tonight, you should have uh, put it in yesterday because we have a 24-hour hopper. It'll spit out into some judge's review, and then whatever judge gets it, gets it. And you'll find in those districts, no-knock warrants are almost non-existent. And all warrants, the requests go way down because they stop requesting bullshit warrants that they know they won't get because they can't choose the judge to go get it from. Yeah. Well, I think we've done uh, all that we can do today. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fairly sure that if anyone has any other questions, there's one place they can go for it. Oh, where's that? Oh, the anthem dot com. Corey, oh, the anthem dot com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. What's that number again? 443-219-7595.
And of note, I will say to anyone watching, especially uh, you watching on YouTube, give that number a call, leave a voicemail, and I promise you, uh, we will we won't edit it out of context, but we might edit it for time. Just think about how long of a message you're leaving. We played a two minute and thirty second message from Jim. Yeah, Corey, can we say that if this person wants to leave a two minute and thirty second or less message, we will play it and hear their argument out yes, on the next episode if it's reasonable. Yes. If it uh, okay, I am going to say I will fight for it to play no matter what because <laughs> I say a lot of unreasonable things. So four four three two one nine seven five nine five. You can text that number and we get the text at that number. You can leave a voicemail there and we will play it on the show. It can't be any worse than I want to fill a bottle with COVID uh, infected water and spray people in the face, Corey. And that's pretty unreasonable. And I said that. The, I, how many times have I called for guillotines in the street, Corey? You're going to be talking about reasonable. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> my website. <laughs> I just love my setup. I yeah. always set it up you, great. You always you. leave it right for like, oh man, I can't wait for the next part. CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok for now. And uh, uh, yeah, I just uh, trying to write right now. I'm, I'm, I'm focusing hard on my writing at the moment, but uh, as things come, I will put them up on those various platforms. So keep an eye out. All right. And of course, you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on your social network. I welcome all comers. I have waded back into the sewage filled nonsense that is Facebook. You can find me everywhere at Robert and Cheek, Facebook, Twitter. Oh, I'll, I'll take you on a Twitter there too. Uh, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, VSEO, Tumblr, no matter where it is. Uh, oh, Parlay. Is it Parlay? Parlor. Parlor. God damn it. Every time. Every time I get it wrong. It's like Parlor. A, it's like a wire episode with you. I'd like to parlay. <laughs> I was thinking Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, everywhere, Robert and Cheek. Make sure you check out robertandcheek.com where you can find links to everything that I'm doing, including stuff on my own YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Rob Cheek. You can find the Everyman Movie Review there. I am focusing on my writing, but mm, also producing two episodes per week. Continuing. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, of course, um, you can find the daily podcast I produce of cool, interesting, and random things. That's Rob Explains. It's available at anchor.fm forward slash Rob Explains and everywhere fine pods are casted just like this one. Uh, we're gonna just, I'm going to start doing summary videos for that as well. So you can check into YouTube and actually just um, get the whole week's videos all together. So make sure uh, you're not missing out on that. Uh, my latest episode, Potbelly Hill changes the way we understand history. It's about uh, Gobekli Tepe, which is the oldest known uh, human settlement ever hmm. in the world 12,000 years old Corey and uh I'm gonna follow it up with an episode which I still have to record because I finally hit the end of my recorded episode so I get to leave here and record 14 podcast episodes yeah <laughs> um but uh with human footprints were discovered in Saudi Arabia that are 120,000 years old wow just redefining the way that we are in history it's almost like those footsteps 120,000 years ago go back to Tepe 20, 12,000 years ago, the Anthem podcast, 2020, everybody, <laughs> we're just changing the way humanity understands itself. That's what I love about what we do. Well, I think we've done good here today. <laughs> <laughs> we've done something. I'm just going to talk over good. you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get a word in edgewise. I'm just going to keep going. But as always, you're listening free. to the Anthem podcast. Free Jimmy. Podcast. I don't know who Jimmy is. Free Jimmy. Network. <laughs> For Corey, I'm going to interrupt because I have important things to say. People want more of me. Have a great week, everybody. Now it's my time and I don't know what to say. <laughs>
hey, I just muted out Corey. Yeah, I forgot. This is the best part about being remote is I can mute Corey out. Nobody can even hear him. It's just me. Oh, this is how it should always be. 